This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Americans are totally obsessed with their dogs, pushing them around in strollers, dressing them in little sweaters and booties when it's cold outside. And today's founder wants to make dog owners' lives easier. She has a product that's meant to keep your canine buddies safe when a mean old store owner won't let them come inside. So I can do your pitch for you, right? Because I know what this problem is. The pitch is basically you go to a store and they tie their dogs up outside. I'd never do it because they're going to steal my chihuahua. Put my chihuahua in here. No barking, no panic. And yeah, some of the investors are pretty excited about it. Chelsea Brownridge is here to raise $2.5 million for her startup, Dogspot. Chelsea's goal is to put her high-tech dog houses outside shopping malls and grocery stores across the country. She's been around the block with this whole pitching thing, having already raised $3.6 million. And she's kind of a badass. You'll see. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Today's investors are... Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested $20 million in over 100 startups to date. Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. All right, here we go. Oh my gosh. As the investors walk into the room, one of Chelsea's dog houses is already set up. And the investors are losing their minds. Yeah, are these on the this, street, this is something. Then? Do you maybe, put these maybe, on the street? Is it sort of Maybe like... we should let Chelsea pitch. <laughs> no, I think otherwise no, we're going to derail. Okay, Chelsea, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. It's amazing. I just okay. have a soft spot. Well, it's so nice to meet all of you. Thank yeah. you for, for allowing me here. Uh, I'm Chelsea Brownridge. I'm the co-founder and CEO of DogSpot. And we're in the business of making any place a dog-friendly destination. So I know you have a dog. Anyone else in the room have a dog? Awesome. Bentley. Two dog owners here. Bentley. Amazing. Yeah, I've had well, nine dogs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, does Bentley and Chiquita get as excited as my dogs when I reach for the leash? My dogs go nuts, right? They know yeah, they get to course. go on a walk, right? It's the best part of their day. And the worst part of their day is when they see me putting my shoes and socks on and I don't reach for that leash. They know that they're staying home. They don't get to come with me. And so what we've created is a way for dogs to be able to join you in your day-to-day life more easily. Although this may seem like a small, kind of niche problem, there are something like 90 million dogs just in the United States, which is more dogs than there are children, by the way. So this is not a small market. But what you probably don't know is how many dogs are going on errands with their owners every week. 87% of dogs are going on errands with their owners every week. For sure. 38% are going every single day 
And the problem they're running into is about 60% of stores are legally prohibited from allowing dogs inside because of federal health regulations. So they're tying them up, leaving them in the car, really unsafe options. Uh, And increasingly in states, it's illegal to leave them in the car. It's becoming illegal to tie them up outside because it's just not safe. No one's creating a solution. We're the first to do it. And this is the first world's first internet-connected, on-demand doghouse placed directly in front of grocery stores, restaurants, coffee shops, all the places your dog, unfortunately, can't go inside without you. We've got 65 of these across the United States in 14 states, uh, creating 15,000 in monthly recurring revenue today. Actually, we have a dog here. If you'd like to meet my dog, Pepita. Yes, Yes, I do. do Yes, I do. (laughs) Here she is. Hello. So I'll show you how it works. Oh, wow. Look at this cute little dog. And it's going to go off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) This is Pepita. Oh, Chelsea brought a dog to the pitch. She's definitely leaving here with money. After the love fest, Chelsea puts Pepita inside the dog spot dog house. It's got a pitched roof and everything. It's about four feet high, white with pink lettering on the side, but it's not your typical doghouse. This one is heavy, it's made of metal, and the investors are looking at Pepita through a big window in the door. <laughs> she is. Yeah, oh actually, God. you can watch her. She's like, look, mom, what's going on? <laughs> when the investors have finally settled down, Chelsea takes out her phone and shows them the companion app for the doghouses. So that's the house there. You're able to reserve or unlock the house. So if you know if you're walking and you wanna make sure it's available for you, you have a 15 minute dibs, it's free. So I'll go ahead and reserve the house. So you'll see the light went from green to yellow. That means no one else can walk up and unlock the house while I've got it reserved. And then I'm able to unlock the house. It always makes you confirm just you want to accidentally you know, like a jump bike. So you have it. Yeah. It's just like it's just like bike jump. Yeah. yeah, and that's the nice thing is it's a new application for something people who are living in cities are already very familiar with. So it is much more for errands then. It's absolutely for errands. So she's used to it, but have you ever had? I assume that some dogs are put in there and absolutely go nuts. Yeah, dogs like, are den animals. They feel safer in enclosed spaces. Yeah. Of course, every dog's different, I'm but like largely that too. Actually, um, so <laughs> dark and enclosed. Yeah. Um, is there any type of monitoring, like bio-monitoring of the dog, or is that in different iteration? Because I think that would also be very interesting. We've not implemented any of those features okay. yet. And um, how about oxygen in there? You so it's we don't have the ventilation fan on now just because of noise, but it's fully ventilated. Oh, so you get a temperature. look at that. you got a camera in there. Yeah, but she can see time. you too, which I think well, is really important. So it's not just you seeing her. Yep. She can see say you can kind of wave to her through the door. Hi, but how do you so clean it? Yeah, yeah, so two ways. So there's a UV light sanitation in the roof of the house, Clever. which takes care of dog flu, kennel cough, any communicable disease. That goes off between every single stay. And once a day, it gets what we call a daily spot check. Hi, there are maximum dogs, okay. dog size or oh, limitations? Yeah, so we call this size a one size fits most. So okay. dogs up to German Shepherd, Golden Retriever, Labs. Break down one house for yeah, us. Sure, absolutely. So the unit economics on a house are each house at uh, with the three revenue streams activated, which is dog owners are paying 30 cents a minute to park their dog. Wow. Retailers are paying $800 a year to host the amenity because we're driving traffic to their stores. And advertisers are paying an average of $500 per month to have their name on the house, similar to how Citibank has their name on the bike share here in New York. And so with all three activated, we're able to make a little over $10,000 a year per house at 75% margins. Our payback period is 60 days, and we break even at 24 minutes per house per day. 
Love that you knew the numbers so well. With hardware, so well, you have to, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, with any business, you have to. But this is really good. Well, I think what's best to understand, though, is this isn't just pet. I know a lot of times people think, can pet be big enough? Um, and for us, this is a amenity for pet owners and retailers, but it's really out-of-home advertising yeah. is a big part of how we're making our money. Chelsea's got three different types of revenue. There's what dog owners pay to park their pooches. There's what retailers pay to put a dog spot in front of their stores. And there's revenue from advertising Chelsea can plaster on the sides of the dog houses. I would also think that retailers would use this in order to track people to their stores exactly and right. create a competitive advantage. And now you can bring your doggy, similar to how hotels have done that. So, right. What we've learned, so we did a one-year pilot program all around Brooklyn with 50 houses. And what we learned in that time after surveying our members, 40% of them reported switching where they shopped based on where the dog spot was wow. available. So what early percentage? 40%. 46% reported just shopping more and often. how much are the unit costs? So right now we're making this house, or uh, the next version of our house will be at 1650 is the price point. We made 16, this- 16,000? 1,650. Okay. We're making our next 300 houses now with a manufacturer in New Hampshire, and those unit costs are 1650. A US manufacturer. Yep, this, Good is, on this you. one was made right here in New York City, in Long Island City. Really? Yep. So there are 300 that you've ordered. Are these are these on spec? Are these? We've got committed locations for okay. over 500 more locations. So wow. that's what this round is about: is manufacturing our next version so we can get them out. When you say that you have the 500 units committed, do you have an advertiser or advertisers committed for the 500 as for well? For some, that's our next uh, piece to unlock. So the way we've built our business, because we do have three revenue streams, a lot of them have been chicken and egg. The first thing we did when we launched in Brooklyn is we were just charging dog owners. The per minute price. Then once we got important data on how much we were changing the consumer behavior, then we started charging the retailers because we were able to show that we were driving traffic. And now the last thing and that we're unlocking right now is sponsorship. And we do have some early commitments, but it's not for the whole network. Do you have yet. any sponsors on the 65 units? We have? do. We have two. So Zappos is sponsoring a network in downtown Las Vegas. How many houses? Five that? houses first to start, but they're wanting to do quite a few more. How much are you raising? We're raising $2.5 on a convertible note and a $15 million cap. Are you fixed on the $15 million? We are. That's oh. currently what we're raising at. We do have a large investor that's coming in where the terms might change slightly. So paint the picture for us. You raise this $2 million, Where does it take your company to? It takes us to break even. Well, like what's your off. what's your revenue at, at burning two million? Yeah, so when we're at three hundred, uh, th it would be three hundred and sixty five houses deployed. We'll be at a point uh, where we're covering our operational costs, which is around two hundred fifty thousand dollars monthly recurring revenue. When? Um, by next summer, we're planning on getting those next three hundred out. In addition, what's to the, the gross 65. margin on that number? So we're making uh, our margins are at seventy five percent. So you said you break even at three hundred and sixty five houses. Correct. But yeah. they're committed, so it's just a matter of delivering them and setting them up. That's right. I'm going to go ahead and let the dog out real quick. So dogs sometimes poop. Sure. Yes. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. So do we, so they do actually we don't poo that often in their own enclosures. That's yeah. right. So yes, we, in like two years, we've yeah. never had a dog have an accident inside the house. Um, dogs don't tend to soil their own environment. Right. Now, we do 24-7 uh, what we call pupstomer service. And so we are watching every single session. So if a dog were to have a, an accident inside, we can make the house unavailable. Now that they've come to an understanding of what happens in the event of a doggy deuce, the investors are curious to know, are people actually paying to use these puppy palaces 
or are they mostly just sitting there dogless? Maybe you can talk about how much usage you're getting uh, on, on each house. Yeah. So what we've built our unit economics around is 30 minutes per house per day. And that's what we're seeing in our fleet now. Why do you think you're at only 30 minutes per house per day? Yeah. So we um, still have a lot of education to do of the market. Um, and it takes time for people to see it and then use it. So, for example, Brooklyn is our best case scenario. What we saw once we had 15 houses out around Brooklyn, it was 23% growth month over month. And we started to exceed the 30-minute utilization. Some of our locations were seeing 60 minutes a day. Others were seeing 120. Are you seeing overall increases in usage across the board? Yes. So house uh, gets put in place through seeing usage yeah. grow so each in, month. In Brooklyn, that's our one use, like long enough use yeah. case. So that's what I'm saying. The houses and the national expansion haven't been out that long, which is why we're at 30. Chelsea's arguing that dog spot is still ramping up, and she's expecting that minute count to go way up over time. But when we come back, there's one big question remaining, and it's a doozy. I love the fact you've done crazy product testing here. But what, what, how do we get this to be a big business? Like, how do we get to a million bucks a month? Coming up after the break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Chelsea's pitch for Dogspot, the Ritz-Carlton of doghouses, appears to be going pretty well so far. Now, investor Michael Hyatt gets up from his chair to sniff around the product a bit more. What do you see, Mike? How hot does this get? Yeah. Like so, in the summer, if it's placed in a place, well, it heats up even with a fan. There's a, So the back, so we don't have it in now because of the season, but the back window is replaced with an air conditioning unit. So there's AC, and we've tested these up to 135 so, degrees. But if, break, but if that AC breaks down, what happens? So we would get an alert that temperatures are rising. It's important for us to know who's using the houses. We can be in touch with the owner if anything it'll happens. It'll become like a car. A dog will die in 10 minutes. It would, it, well, it'd be like, yes, it would be like a car if the AC isn't I'm working. just thinking Arizona, outside, the sun's hitting it, sure. air conditioning's working. Yeah. Someone kicks the plug out. Oh, so there's backup battery. So, yeah, if the plug comes unplugged or circuit breaker. Are you alerted when you go into backup battery? Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah. So we get a we get an alert. Because I can accept everything but hurting someone's dog. I just <laughs> can't handle it. Yeah. It well, seems like you've thought of it all. We've been around a while. <laughs> How long have you been around? So we've been road testing these for about two years. Um, we've been around wow. for about three. Um, like, I'm sitting here and I'm loving this. Like, I have this problem. Like, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. It just seems like... Uh, you've done, I love the fact you've done crazy product testing here, yeah. but what, what, how do we get this to be a big business? Like how do we get to a million bucks a month? Yeah. So, um, we're able to reach a hundred million annual recurring revenue with 10,000 houses out. We have a five-year plan to get there. Um, it's mainly expanding with the Walmarts, the GGPs, the Simons. Are you in conversations with any of those big chains? All of them. 
Do you have any competitor out there doing this? No one else is doing this. There is a copycat in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, but their house isn't internet connected. It just is a, you have to use a key and it's just a house outside. So what's the barrier here? What's, what, you know, what prevents someone from just doing, I mean, it's so clever. This is all custom built. So not only is the hardware difficult to build, it's a really complex piece of hardware that accounts for all the things we've talked about today, but the software. So we have a custom fleet management system. Mm -hmm. So we're able to see everything that's going on in any one of our houses. Temperature, if we lose power, if a session starts. What if a house is stolen at night? Yes. So they are, it hasn't happened, uh, they are bolted down with a D-ring and a security lock. Um, mm. So you'd have to be pretty, Sorry, if it didn't happen in New York City, I, don't, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and is, we were in like deep Brooklyn. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about any um, glitches you've had in this, because I do invest in devices, some sure. devices, and I know there's always something that goes wrong. What has gone wrong and what is sort of keeping yeah. you up at night? Most common, I wouldn't say keeps me up at night because we've built around it, but the most common technical glitch we have is cellular connection. So this is an internet of things. Um, We have 4G, um, uh, our own connections. We're not on Wi-Fi, but cellular, as you all know, you have cell phones. Sometimes either will go out on the house or on the phone. You can call us and we can remotely unlock the house for you after confirming your identity. Or, and this is sort of the Worst case, worst user experience we have, um, but it's not that bad. There's a key on the back of the house underneath a lockbox. So we give you a code, you get the key out, mm. no technology That's, required. That was the other question. So I'm going to talk first because this is just so much in my sweet spot. I am always investing in this space just because I've done so much work to understand the data behind it and scalability, globally, global scalability. Obviously, you want to own the U.S. and you want to go fast and furious to the U.S., but I do think that at some point you might want to take some a global investor, right, in order to just create that, uh, that path. I'm going to come in. So I'm thinking for me right now, 150000 If that's Thanks, okay with you. Yes. I, I really, I'd love to have you. Oh, absolutely. I, this is, as I said, love this pet. And I think I can add value, which is one of the reasons I, I go into these rounds. Chelsea just reeled in $150,000 personal investment from Jillian. Let's see if she can close any of the other investors in the room. Here's Phil. Based on your experience to date, not including any potential advertising revenue, how long does it take you to break even on a house? So some of the houses we have out now are taking, so 60 days is what we're targeting with all three revenue streams activated. Of course, most of the houses aren't sponsored yet. Right, so right. With non- without that, yeah. With non-sponsored houses, we're closer to a 100-day payback period now. Once the sponsorships comes on, it's much faster. That's great. 100 days to break even, and that's Based on two uh, revenue streams, that's based on $900 per year from the store. Yes, so most of that is driven, most of the revenue is coming from the 30 cents per minute. The utilization, yeah. So we get about $500 per month utilization, Mm -hmm. um, once it's hitting, once it ramps up to 30 minutes, once it's at sort of plateaued, once it's at 30 minutes a day. I am, uh, I am not a pet person at all. don't have any pets and don't have any interest in having any pets. I invested in one uh, pet-related company and it went out of business, but this is different. You know this stuff cold. Product is solid and getting better, 
You're smart. You have all the answers. You're the type of founder that I want to invest in. I see the need for this, and I can see why people would use it. So I would like to invest as well. You know, I'm not sure what the final number will be, but it's usually 300000 Thank you. Phil is in, making it two investors in a row to take a bet on Dogspot. Charles is up next. About 10% of what I do at Precursor is hardware. And I think the hardest thing about hardware, other than everything, is being live in market and figuring out where the rough edges are in product and really impressed by the thoughtfulness. Overall, I think the thing I like most about this is I think, as opposed to sort of there being a pet sphere and a human sphere, I think pets are getting more integrated into public life. So I'd like to invest 100000 Thanks, Charles. Thank you. You know, I really like you. Uh, I, I don't think you had a question come up that you didn't think about. This is a really well-thought-out device. Um and I can see people advertising, I see the revenue, I see the need. I have this problem all the time with my dog, all the time. I really like it. I think this could be a big business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to come in as well. And based on the terms of your VC lead, I'd like to see, but I'd be in anywhere from 50 to 100,000. Great, thank you. But uh, I think this is great and I'd love to use it. And maybe maybe I'll be your first, uh, give you some first places in Toronto, be your first Canadian. Yeah. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, After getting commitments from all four investors in the room, Chelsea heads out. And the investors talk a little bit more about why they love Dogspot so much. I thought they really thought this product oh. through. Yeah. The fact that they've done two years of testing, they've almost got everything. I'm sure yes. we'll find something, but... Absolutely. They'll continue to improve, but, but this need, is very I, well I, thought I, out. I've needed to use this. But that's the point is, this is one of the things. We all walked in the room. We saw this. It's very well... It's the, it's designed well, but the branding is also so that it's addressing all of your concerns right up front. But there's things like peace of mind. Yeah, like but if, you, the metrics, if, if the metrics are interesting because it pays back in 100 days. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good Which statistic. Which is going Absolutely. down. That's going to go, go down, down. With if, the advertising. If co- advertising costs, yeah, it go down to 30 days. So this is a bit is of a printing good. cash machine and could be could be financed. The only thing that made me nervous, I'm like, this seems minutes. so obvious. Yes. Why aren't there... I don't mean it to be mean. Why aren't there better investors already around this thing? Like, I don't know well, that doesn't access. bother me. What bothers me is I don't know if she has access there could to be that. a competitor tomorrow. Yeah. Well, well that's why she needs 1,000 out in the market. She needs right. to get to 10,000 faster to, than she I know, needs to. That's the only grab. mode ten, she can have is but, first But, but this market's advantage. big enough to have, honestly, 100,000 of these so things. In all sincerity, when everybody was pitching WAG and we were meeting with the yeah. brothers, right? Yeah. We're like, wait, I'm sorry. It's an on-demand dog looking, yeah, really? I and there were so many investors that said, that's ridiculous. Don't bother me. Right, and then they, they showed that this pet space is incredibly robust. I still don't like the valuation. Right, there were lots of concerns. How are you going to scale this? How are you going to manufacture this? But her her answers all along kept satisfying. I was yes. I kept trying to poke holes, and, yes. and it took until the end. But she answered everything really, really well. Chelsea had all the right answers in her pitch. But after the pitch is an entirely different story. That's after the break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life. 
and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Chelsea's pitch for Dog Spot went as well as any we've heard on the show. But something funny happened on the way to the bank. Producer Heather Rogers met up with Chelsea to talk about it. Can you tell me what happened with Jillian? I don't really know because I didn't get a chance to talk with her. I can find her email though. Yeah, I've been on the yeah, so I've been on the road nonstop. I'm heading to Finland now. So she, she's a busy woman. I haven't been able to do the deep due diligence necessary. I spoke to some people, and there are some concerns. Trust is going to be your biggest hurdle. I think it's a trust issue. I think that the adoption is going to be very difficult. I talked to some veterinarians, and I said, would you use something like this? And it was a lot of um, concern about the heat in the place, the light in the place, the ventilation, the security of their dog, and that some dogs actually get quite skittish in, in a box like that. Even though they like small places, it would create anxiety. Whereas a crate, they know they have their smell in there. And, and so I think that there were just too many concerns around the trust issue. They have to show me some strategic approach on how they will create that trust. So she just sort of, I guess, just her gut reaction changed. You know, I wrote her back, something that I feel pretty proud about. What did you write? I just said, um, Jillian, I don't have to tell you that truly innovative category-defining ideas tend to be controversial. We're that. People feel strongly about what we're doing, for better or worse. But before you bail, let's find a time to talk. But then I never I never got that chance to talk to her. You said you were proud of the, the email. Can you tell me more? I think it can be intimidating as someone raising money to push back on the person who has the money. Mm-hmm. And I don't always do it. I think in that moment, um, for some reason, was feeling emboldened that day and wanted to push back on her a little bit. And because I, because I respect her, so I, 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 I didn't want to give her such an easy out. I didn't push back a second time. Why didn't you push back again? Well, I made my point clear. You know, hey, this is the leap of faith I'm asking you to take, right? As you know, anyone who's doing something brand new, this is our biggest hurdle. You're right. But, like, I'm asking you to to believe that like we can get there, to believe in me as a founder, to believe in this concept, which could you so strongly did in the room. I'm not sure what changed for her. So there's one investor down, and then another decided not to take the leap, but for very different reasons. So Phil emailed us, um, okay, here's where I am on investing in Docs. I see a very long email again. Here's, I always got very long emails from That's a long email. Yeah, I see. I like the product and I like you. You seem very focused, driven, and smart, the kind of founder we like to invest in. I have some significant concerns that I shared with you. He's basically saying the majority of our revenue is supposed to come from advertising, which is right. And there's but there's been very little sold to date, which is also right. That's again this last one that we have to prove out. Anyone who's investing in us at this stage or invested in us now, that's the risk they're taking. If I had, during the pitch, if I had fully understood, if we had talked about it and I understood that, you know, the advertising piece of it, representing 60% of revenue, had no traction yet or none to speak of, then 
I, I would have either passed or pushed back on the valuation. As an entrepreneur, when you're pitching, you sort of have to weigh the fact that people are going to do due diligence afterwards, right? And if you don't bring it up or you don't develop it further, it's going to come up later. And it's easier to talk about those other areas that are more developed. Chelsea has no experience selling out-of-home advertising, and neither does anyone else on her team. How is she going to sell these ads? And I mean, we don't know. That That's the point. It's unproven. I believe what he says. I believe that because of the portion of where we expect our revenues to come from, and a big portion of it comes from, we believe, will come from sponsorships. And that's the last thing that we have to prove out also. He just, like, wants that to already be happening. Yeah. But the reality is, is once that's already happening, he and everyone else are going to want to invest, you know. And that's, that's, but that's, you know, you hear investors all the time look back and think, oh, if I, you know, you don't always get it right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Phil left Chelsea's pitch thinking that Dogspot was farther along than it was. And then when he found out after the fact that 60% of their projected revenue is dependent on ads and that a huge majority of those ads hadn't yet been sold, that was enough to push him out of the deal. So what about Michael Hyatt? Remember, he was really jazzed about this pitch. But that new dog smell wore off pretty fast. So he backed out too. For essentially the same reason as Phil. Since Dogspot's ad revenue was only trickling in, he wanted to see a lower valuation for the company. Heather asked Chelsea about it. What he said to me was that he felt like your valuation was too high and that he thought the company was worth like two and a half million. Yeah, valuation's an art. That surprises me. <laughs> valuation's an art. We've raised previously at six and nine. So that's what we're valued at. <laughs> there's, there's, there's like, it's kind of black and white. Right. So. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> You're shrugging your shoulders and kind of grimacing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. They want the best deal possible, right? So it's their job to try to get your valuation down when they're when they're trying to invest in you. Mm -hmm. And then it's their job to try to pump up your valuation when they're trying to get money from other people. Right. So that's, you know, he's playing the game. After a string of disappointments, there was one investor Chelsea hadn't heard from yet, Charles Hudson. It was a while after the pitch before Charles and Chelsea found the time to connect. And by the time that happened, everyone else had already passed. But since Phil had already done a deep dive on the business, Chelsea told Charles, why don't you two share notes? So they did. Phil sent Charles his findings on the company. And then I gave Charles a call as he was walking the streets of Detroit. So I wanted to call you and actually find out if you could give me the scoop on what happened with Dogspot. Oh, I'm going to wire this week. I'm going to invest. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's great news. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened is like Phil had a bunch of questions. As he and he was does. like, these are kind of, a, as he does. I really love Phil because, you know, if Phil is, a, if I'm an optimist, Phil's kind of a pessimist. <laughs> or a skeptic. Pessimist is maybe sorry. No, a skeptic. Skeptic. He's a he's for sure a skeptic. And so he he sort of dug into the numbers and basically said, "Look, you haven't really done anything on the advertising side. How do I know that you're going to be able to pull this off?" Now, one advantage I have over Phil is that I have 
two companies that I've invested in the past that are both done out of home advertising plays. And uh, so like I called them both and they're like, it's not that hard. They're like, look, it's not trivial to start a brand new out of home advertising network, but they're like, it's also far from impossible. Okay. Meaning like you don't need to necessarily have expertise in the thing before going out and starting a business that does this. Yeah. You know that, uh, everybody else dropped out. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Uh, it's, it's a trend. It's a trend. It happens a lot. People backing out of deals or I've noticed, like I've noticed I rarely change my mind. So like if I commit, if I commit in the show, unless there's something really material that comes up, I'm sort of like, I've made up my mind. Yeah. Well, I think it's great. Interestingly enough, Charles told me that it was all the difficult things about DogSpot that are the things that made him excited to invest. The fact that it's a physical product, that there's hardware and software and cellular service all working together, the fact that they have to build this brand new ad network from scratch, all of these things that would drive many investors away didn't have the same effect on Charles at all. Actually, it was quite the opposite. Like, it's funny. Everything that people tell you is hard. Once you figure out how to do it, it's totally your competitive advantage. Right. And I just think it's cool. Like, I think it's going to be a fun one because getting that thing to work is not easy. And that's what all the magic is. Charles was so funny. Charles was the last one for me that, that I spoke with. And he's the one who ended up just doing it the fastest, uh, signing that check and, and making it happen. So... That was fun, at least. At least we got one at the end of the day. <laughs> Sometimes it's a long, drawn out process and other times it's it's just not. If every four pitches I take can, can result in uh, one person writing a check, I'm pretty happy with those odds. Chelsea was able to raise all the money she was asking for, and then some. She actually increased the amount she was raising from $2 million to $3 million to let all the investors who wanted to invest in on the deal. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have a brand new episode for you next week. See you then. Our show is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Heather Rogers, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. Theme music by The Musemaker, original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder, Bobby Lord, and The Musemaker. We are mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. We discovered Dogspot because of an introduction from Margot Schmorak, the founder of Hostfully, who many of you will remember from episode 36. Thank you, Margot. This is our disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can find more episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. 
And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.